This week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. And now it's time to start book four. I'm yeah. excited. I am so excited. I'm A excited. fresh new start. I'm low. Dead. Nestor. Gone. Sir Will snaps awake. Knowing that the snake was in the grass the whole time. And he let his guard down. Your friend was not your friend. Nothing you knew about him can be trusted anymore. And Baron opens up the bag of holding. Pulls out a tool you've never seen before. Clang! Clang! Ooh. Ooh. Oh, baby! The cathedral has been reconsecrated. Ah, they all start. Ah. He kicks Lexington out of the cathedral. The adventure continues. I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want first? Right now. Welcome back to the Glass Cannon Podcast, everybody. It's your old buddy Joe saying happy holidays to all of you. Hope everybody had a terrific Thanksgiving and that you are all well ahead of me in your Christmas shopping. If you've purchased one gift for anyone, you are well ahead of me in your Christmas shopping. I've done nothing. Except I did buy a set of heavy metal dice for myself at PAX Unplugged. Don't think that counts, though. I got to get on that. So in the interest of speed, let's talk about episode 132. We started book three of the Giant Slayer campaign on October 4th, 2016. The finale last week released on November 28th, 2017. So for over a year, we have been traveling to or struggling in Minderhall's Valley. But today marks a new day, a start of a new chapter in the story. Last week is one of those sessions that you will just never forget. I, I can't imagine forgetting that anytime soon. Such an incredible, memorable role-playing moment from Skid, and it was really fun to, to be a part of. But all in all, I mean, if you think about it in, in the grand scheme, and I got to kind of do my parent talk now, S-H-I-T definitely went down so what happens now? What? How do the characters move on from this? Well, it's a whole new story, a whole new show, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it. I want to wish you and all of your friends and families the happiest and healthiest of holiday seasons. I said it last year, and I'll say it again. I am so incredibly thankful and grateful to all of you for your support in 2017. As Troy predicted, it was indeed a big year for the GCP, and at this point, 2018 looks like it could be even bigger. And without you guys, none of it is possible. So, thank you. And on with the show. This is a very special episode. For a number of reasons. It's the beginning of a new book. Beginning of a new chapter, as it were. And, you know, this is normally something we'd reserve for an intro, but I thought it important that we, we bring it up right in the middle of an episode because this is where it all began. Just episodes. This is the last time that we will be recording in an apartment. 
Yay! Yay! Because as of episode 133... We're going to jail. We're going to federal prison. <laughs> Minimum security federal prison. We have negotiated with our attorneys to be allowed to bring our podcasting equipment and books and books with us. We really misread that deal with Paizo. We man. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew being oh. so terrible at min-maxing your character was punishable by jail time? I'll never violate an NDA again, I'll tell you that. <laughs> this is it. We started doing this in Joe's apartment, and we recorded probably the better half of, what, 60 episodes? 60 or so episodes, yeah. In your apartment. About a year. Um, and Gormley then, died there. Yeah. Uh, Gormley died well, we started, on your coffee table. We started. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's she, like, she, I, she, I, I can I can actually remember like exactly where I was sitting when mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. Oh, that moment. Yeah. It yeah. was the same place we sat for fifty episodes. Well, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> still, I remember. Yeah, but still, <laughs> it's the same place we sat the first time we summoned Gary the Celestial Dolphin. Oh, I'll never on. forget that moment. Oh yeah, I, for, I remember that. It's wonderful. A lot that. of firsts, and 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 then and then you had a baby, right? Um, and so we moved to my apartment. We've also recorded a couple episodes at Grant's apartment, a couple episodes at Matthew's yeah. apartment. That, that was where Matt uh, worked, Galabras, where you had the 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 damage like written on the sheet of paper. Was oh, it Grant's, Grant's apartment? That was, a, that was yep. a Grant's That's apartment. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I remember yeah. Matthew's apartment. <laughs> you were in the middle of some sort of diatribe, in character or as the GM, really getting into right, something in the and zone. not realizing that Matthew's radiator was going <laughs> at like full volume. Literally so 13 inches from me. I couldn't hear it. You were so into it. And I'm looking at you. I'm like, just stop. I we have more stop. I was like, every now and then it will sound like the radiator is exploding. <laughs> the other, Did, that might have been, um, isn't it Romanticore? That was, no, no. Matthew's apartment. No, no. no Romanticore, that was, was at Grant's, Grant's place. That was at Grant's. Big Willie style was at, was yes. at Matthew's apartment. We, Classic. When yeah. Skid and Grant one. and yeah. Troy got into the huge knockdown drag-out fight about the Times 4 crit on the gun. Oh, yeah. That was at my apartment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. A lot of fights. A lot that's of fights. Right. I'm sorry about breaking that bookshelf, Matthew. The check <laughs> is in the mail and has been since. And your living room, <laughs> For a year. Your living room floor is slightly uneven. The whole so apartment I, like, is So I uneven. couldn't move. It would bump. We had to edit all that out. Well, the other uh, thing about Matthew's place is he has... Oh, well, you seem to have got one for Black Friday, it looks like. But whenever we would say Lexington... Uh, it's not happening here, but Alexa would go off. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you had to cut that out a lot. <laughs> Lexington does. Yes, what can I yeah. Oh, she's going. She's going. She's starting. She's doing it now. Oh, wait. <laughs> damn it. God damn it. Damn it. Troy, didn't you also kind of break Matthew's antique table? No. While we were recording there? No, no, no. No, that was during Jade Regent. Oh, that was ah, Jade Regent. Okay. Get your story straight, Joe. <laughs> oh, we also recorded in Skid's Cape Cod house. That's right. Yeah, a number of episodes. Retreat. Where you did break my table. That was, I, I fell over Matthew. Yes. Yeah. There was a lot of things you, were you broken. You stepped on Matthew. Hearts <laughs> fell, stepped on his crotch. But that was. <laughs> Same thing. What do, oh, we killed Something the Cyclops. Big we, Cyclops killed the, we killed the Cyclops in there. Yeah. One of those. God, that was Shinnerman's Fortune. We were just starting. Yeah, Shinnerman's Fortune. Yeah, the Orax. The preacher, the local town preacher. That's right. The non-denominational preacher. Oh, God, yeah. Man. So in over two and a half years... We have been recording piecemeal, taking about, oh, a solid hour to, to set up, another 45 <laughs> minutes to take down, wasting time to do these episodes. And as of episode 133, we will be in our own space. We're going to call it GCP Studios till we think of a better name. 
Uh, in case you're wondering where your Patreon money's going, <laughs> it's not going to our park pockets. I'd say a solid 20 grand went into the acquiring of this space. Yeah. Between first month's rent, last it's month's rent. New York rent, City. Brokers' fees, Commercial space in uh, New York commercial City. Commercial fees, yeah. buying brand new equipment for every single member, extra equipment for guest members. Soundproofing the studio. Oh, yeah. Soundproofing the room. Sound we have quiet air conditioning. Oh, my God. That is divine. the biggest oh. thing. Like, playing in the summer in oh all these apartments, God. and, like, we have to keep the AC off the whole time. And it's and it's miserable. It ruins the show. But it does. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would beg to take breaks every twenty minutes because these these guys get very cranky. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm I re- pretty sure the Awiga fight happened in ninety eight degrees. It did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it I, re- did. I, re- I really enjoy pretending I'm in do the right thing though while we're recording. It's like a hot summer day in New York and everything's about to boil over and Skid's about to complain about a fan critical and yeah. everything's gonna explode. <laughs> it doesn't happen anymore. Throw a stuff. Bathroom waste basket through a window. <laughs> it's crazy to think what we've also recorded in an Airbnb in Philadelphia. Oh, yes. Yes. Right. Wow. I actually in. A real gem. Well, I like well, that the, setup. The sad thing is that was the best place we recorded. <laughs> I know. In, in all, besides Skid's Cape Cod House. That, right, was, right, that was pretty comfy. Yeah. Yeah. A table. Good. Where else can you have a mafia fight happen right outside your window? <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen anywhere else. <laughs> but yeah, thanks to Troy, or thanks to the No, patron. thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thanks yeah. to Troy. You're welcome. Joe. Donation on the Patreon. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, thanks. It's anonymous. Like, we're right? able to get this locked down this commercial space. Thanks, guys. Like everyone who's been giving, been so incredibly goddamn generous with us. Like this is your space. Like we are. We can't tell you how excited we are, and it's it's going to make such a huge difference for us. It's going to make everything we do so much more efficient. We're going to be able to do so much more. We're going to do more video content. Oh, yeah. Like uh, just all the stuff. Twitch we're gonna, stuff. Yeah, Twitch stuff. Like um, everything we're going to be able to do in here is just going to be so great. And thank you all so much for helping us do it. Yeah, and you guys have been so patient with us as we're, we, we're, we've turned this hobby into a full-fledged business. And uh, we're just really excited to, to take this to the next level and, and make this uh, more than just a hobby. And it's all because of you guys, not a cent has gone into our pockets. It has all gone into making this something professional. So thank you. And now it's time to start book four. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I am so excited. I'm a fresh excited. new start. I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want first? Good, good news? What's funnier? They're both pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> no. but I do say so it's myself. It's pretty much just the facts. No, they're well, both, neither of them are funny. I think that in the history of the show, you typically give a bunch of good news and then really lay down the hammer. So I was kind of expecting to continue in that vein. But it's up to you guys. Should we guess at what it is before he tells us? I'm thinking the bad news is that the Giants have developed an intercontinental ballistic missile capable of reaching all <laughs> of Belson. <laughs> <laughs> they found one of your broken guns and just no no no. Just imagine Volstice with the same haircut as Kim Jong Un. <laughs> I want to see the giant propaganda videos where they all look like yeah. loving every minute. You know what the small folk are doing over there? <laughs> good news or bad news? Good news. Good news. All right. The good news is I have painstakingly gone back from episode one hundred all the way to 131 and calculated every single dollop of XP. Ah. That means when Lork 
and Firaza and Orphis, rest in peace, and Pembroke fought the Red Caps. XP for that. For every other, th- b- 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 every single thing, and like as people were dropping and dying, they didn't get XP. Whereas people that lived and survived, they got more XP when Umlo and Della passed. The good news is Pembroke and Firaza are level eight. Yeah! Yeah! It's huge. Pembroke is well on his way to nine. Firaza a little bit behind. It's She's a little Feyraza. 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 We, we pronounced it a million different ways. But and spelled it even more. Feyraza. <laughs> F-A-I-R-A-Z-A. Yes. Matthew, you cannot get mad at people for that. You can also never, ever get frustrated with somebody for misspelling Gormley either. <laughs> I could, however, you get frustrated have... at Troy for not knowing how to spell Gormley for 50 episodes. <laughs> well, Troy, yes, yes, yes. Solid yes, Troy. Right. It wasn't until I killed her. I was like, that's how you spell it? <laughs> I thought it was just a nickname. <laughs> I had to get it right for the tombstone. Gormley <laughs> 3? Are you Four more upset when people mispronounce Firaza or when they call you Matt instead of Matthew? Um... That's been happening my whole life. Um, <laughs> Get right out of town. He's from New Jersey. Yeah. They don't call you Matt. <laughs> when I was in first grade, there were three Matts in the class. Oh. Did, it didn't occur to anyone to call one of us Matthew, <laughs> just to distinguish. You were Matt, too. We were, uh, anyway. Uh, that's the good news. That's the good news. What's so the for, for, for us, you're not far behind. Um, Lork, I'm sorry to say, you didn't, you didn't have any. He didn't really earn it. You've earned some XP. He you did. definitely. You were there for the Isseus combat, or the, the Isseus charming. You got XP from that. Yep. Uh, I didn't share any of that with Brander, uh, but I did share it with Pembroke, <laughs> obviously, since he did the lion's share of the work. And you also were there for the red cap fight. You know, all the role playing, that all adds up. He had a one round failed combat against Brander. Right, just failed a wheel safe. But right. I, hey, I, I, every I, little bit, every dollop. In that case, I took XP away, <laughs> for example. But you, you know, you're, you're getting there. Um, <laughs> the bad news. It's more sad than bad. The reality of what we're doing. Let's be honest. We are spiritually halfway done with the story that we're telling. Yeah. The start of book four is an exciting start of the second half. It also means that we are in the final push towards the end of this story. It's like starting a Wednesday. This is hump day, baby. Yeah. I'm not worried. The final three years of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not begins, worried. It's so sad. Today. You'll in stretch a, it. In a so short sad. four to five years. <laughs> <laughs> no just, one will ever remember the name Lork. Yeah. Pembroke. <laughs> We, when we were emailing about uh, items back from like the, the from book three, and I was looking back at something, I was like, "We recorded this episode more than a year ago, and we were still in Minderhall's Valley." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where, where do we get that golden chalice, and how much is it worth? Well, let's be honest. Faraza wakes up in the middle of the night. Everybody's been taking turns doing their watch, it's Faraz's turn, she goes over and sees Umlo covered in blood, a pool of blood trickling all the way to the statue of Minderhall that both Baron and uh, Nestor climbed up to the top of, and he's missing the steel hand. There's just a, bl- a soaking wet, bloody stump there. Umlo, dead. Nestor, gone. Everyone else is asleep. What do you do, Faraza? Uh, Faraza issues the wake-up call, which goes something to the effect of, Kakaa! Kakaa! <laughs> and then she rushes over to Amlo and does a heel check. Okay. I need dice. 
Sir Will snaps awake. Unarmored, grabs his sword. Naked. Rose light. Naked to the naked. Right. Naked to Look the you feet. He sleeps naked. <laughs> <laughs> um, he'll check on Omelette. Uh, nailed it. Twelve. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Skid. It was a dagger directly to the middle of his chest. Uh, it was like up under his ribcage. Up under his ribcage. Oh. So, and also, I wanted to point out that as part of Nestor's um, his Zarni executioner trait, anytime he can use a sneak attack, which he did, it's it's particularly painful. So he did it in the most physically painful way that he possibly could. What in did addition you, to... What did you roll for, Reza, for heel check? Twelve. Twelve. All right. So you don't know the extent of that, but you do see a rather jagged hole right underneath this chest. Yeah. It, not, so at first glance, you see that the, the arm is missing, but then you just see this seeping... Oh, he'd be absolutely wound. soaked in blood. Too. Soaked, He'd be yeah. soaked, yeah. A professional did it. Doesn't Perfect. take long for you to put two and two together. And I notice um, Nestor's not there. Gone. Uh, so are they awake? Are you guys awake? Yeah, yeah. So we, we all snap awake. Everybody, uh, you know, sees this. And, uh, I, I guess you know. It was Will calls Lexington. He mounts Lexington. He thinks like there might be under attack, or there's somebody in the room, or whatever. Is it dark? No, my friends. It was the thief. There's sconces lit. There's a little bit of light in there, but you don't want to draw too much attention in case giants came knocking. Look at the look at the look at the efficiency. Your friend was not your friend. Yes, he is gone. My worst fears realized. I'm sorry. I did not see it. I should have. Sir Will. I think he's gone. But since you have the fastest mount among us, can you do a quick prowl around the perimeter to see if he's still around? Report back here after you see. Feraza, can you tell how long? How long has he been dead? Well, I know that. Or can I do a survival check to see if there are any tracks or how he got out? Yeah, go go survival. That I can roll. Lork will do survival too in a second. Natural two. Uh, Sixteen. You can't tell how long yet? Not quite sure. I mean, the wound looks fresh, but you can't tell if it's been an hour or... Or 20 minutes. All right. ha, ha! He kicks Lexington out of the cathedral. And, you know, you know, he doesn't have to worry about it. There's fencing all around. The giants can't see him. He's so small. And he's going to do a loop around the cathedral. All the doors are closed. Sword drawn. Oh, no man. other creatures in there. Bodies everywhere from a five-encounter gauntlet. As he's riding around and the, the cold wind is cutting into his eyes, he's just he starts tearing at the eyes, knowing... Knowing that the snake was in the grass the whole time, and he let his guard down, he didn't sense motive properly. He, let, you know, it's 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 his fault. And he comes back around inside. There's no sign of him, sheriff. He's gone. Faraz turns to Baron. Says, "What, what could Umlo have done to deserve this?" All Umlo ever did was react to the cruelties of this world that were foisted upon him. He was enslaved as a pit fighter. Then he was given his emancipation and drug along with us and forced to wear Nargrim's steel hand. His ancestor, but he was not well cast to do that. And then he slogged through this valley with us for weeks 
Nestor himself took away the restoration he needed to get to full strength. He was never meant to be a fighter. He was meant to be a cook, an artist. And how does he get paid at the end of his life? Well, I know one thing. Faraza, I don't know where you're from, what the Asmar talk about. But I think that inadvertently, Nestor has been cruel to be kind. And he gave him the same kind of fate that I wished I had been able to give him by his own hand at the end of the day. But nothing good. Umlo had found his purpose. And now he is dead. Well, the hand, as you say, is missing. Perhaps that was it. That was his crime. His mistake. Having that hand in the first place. Nestor stole it because he's a thief. An assassin. A murderer. He took it for its value and murdered Umlo for it. He needed him to defeat Orothash. Avenge his petty insult. And then he killed a man simply to take an item from him. It's typical of evil behavior, Sheriff, and I will not be a part of it again. I will not allow you to let scum like this in our midst again. If you do not mind me asking, why did you allow yourselves to associate with such a despicable human? Now, Will, I appreciate that. And I don't know if I'd be able to bring myself to allow someone like that in our midst again. But it was a calculated risk in order to save small folk of this world. At least in Belkson. And I know that your outrage will not be quelled by this, but for the time being, I'm operating on the assumption that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And we're all operating by Torag's plan in my mind. We cannot discount the fact that he was quite useful in us achieving our objectives here. Even though Amlo has lost his life, but perhaps perhaps he wasn't meant to be alive anyway. And can I do a can Pembroke do a spellcraft check to see what it what it was that uh the spell that Branders cast to bring him back? Uh yeah. Can I do that? You absolutely can. Right. I think it's um you could also do a knowledge arcana, DC twenty five plus the spell level is if to identify a spell cast like in combat, but I don't know. If yeah, I don't know. Thing. After the fact, like I don't know if that's arcana. It's the same number anyway. Uh, it's uh, 30, 34. That'll be enough. Enough. That'll be enough. It'll be enough. In my mind, Brander began casting this spell well before he actually laid on hands. And subtly sprinkled dust on his body while you were all, with the exception of Faraza, held. Um, and it's so tragic for you to figure this out, Pembroke, because he cast temporary resurrection on Umla. Umla would have just died again 24 hours later. That's an actual spell? Yeah. Wow. He said it was the gift of knowledge. He gave us. Perhaps Umlo was meant to teach us something before. But now he is gone. It has certainly revealed a traitor in our midst. He was meant to teach us. He's a teacher. He is. I know him. 
Did I tell them that? I didn't tell them that. I don't think so. Yeah. I know him. Sheriff, all of you, I know him as Dr. Forsyth. He's a teacher. He, he teach, he taught at a local school where I was raised. I met him as a child. His gift of knowledge, it's taught us our weaknesses, our misunderstanding of those around us. And Sheriff, I do not mean to suggest that any of us did not go into this willingly. I'm just as guilty as all of us for letting our guard down with an assassin in our midst. I merely say... Let us not make this mistake again. Let us be careful about who we bring in, because while it is fine in my mind to work with those who are evil in the pursuit of good, we cannot put the lives at risk of the innocent. And Umlo was innocent. And Baron and Lork, in your mind, you just have to, like, flash back to, like, Jagrin, Grath, walking you guys down from the ivory hall into the jail and telling you that he could be of great service to you, but he's a killer. Use him as a tool, and when you're done with him, get rid of him. And you just, both of you, both Lork and Baron, have to imagine, like, walking down that long hallway, hearing the itsy-bitsy spider in the distance and meeting him. So you're both complicit in bringing him into the party. Oh yeah, Lork definitely feels really guilty, but he's not saying anything. He's kind of keeping it all in, but he's definitely, I mean, he left. He left them with him. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, that's even know, worse! Yeah, he feels terrible about it, but he's not surprised in the least. Yeah. When he wakes up and he finds that and he finds he stole the hand, he's like disappointed he didn't see it coming. He has a higher wisdom than Sir Will. He has higher perception. Mm-hmm. He didn't see it coming, so Lork is going to immediately start to look for tracks to see if he can tell where he went. It is interesting that he left the rest of us alive. He could have just as easily killed a lot of us, taken everything, discouraged, uh, stopped any pursuit. It's only Omni that he killed. Aram speaks up. It, it must have been something about Omlo. If he could have killed all of you and taken everything. Why, Umlo? I, uh, don't think that it's necessarily true what they say. That there's no honor among thieves, even though it may not be something we can comprehend. Uh, something must have driven him to spare our lives, just as Pembroke said. He does not fear us. There is not, no, there is no, no profit in killing us now. He took what he wanted and he left. There was plenty of profit in killing us. We have 100,000 gold pieces worth of equipment that we've managed to <laughs> gather on our journey. We only took the hand. Interesting. What did roll, uh, Lork roll for uh, tracking? 33. 33. You can see that he went out the side door, the very door that he first peeked into mm-hmm. when he saw so Lork will speak up Earth and all he says is he's kind of on his belly up you know kind of hold himself up on his elbows Sheriff he went that way out the side door I'm not sure how long he's got on us I'd say it's a couple hours at least at least I don't think we'll find him 
But he would have killed him if he was smart, which you know he was. The beginning of his watch, so he'd have as much time as possible to get away. He's got at least two hours on us. Farron speaks up, towers above all of you. He's 13 feet tall. No! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is just awful. A terrible start to the new day that we hope to bring here to Minderholz Valley. Part of me wants to believe that all of this happened for a reason. But now it's it's too close and too soon to know why. I do not wish to discount any of your mourning for Umlo or for Della or for all the people you've lost. But there is a greater threat. Not but a few hundred yards away in the form of camps upon camps of giants. What do you plan on doing about that? You may have your vendetta against this killer, but you've got bigger fish to fry. Yes. The giantess is right, and I think I have an idea. Although, in fairness, I doubt... uh, Ferrin that he was killed over a raisin. Seems a remote <laughs> possibility at best. <laughs> but I think in Slavian culture, raisins are sacred. <laughs> <laughs> They're like cows in India. <laughs> what is this India you speak of? <laughs> Sorry, uh, I've been drinking. I believe that if we provide proof of the death of Urathrash, that the giants will disperse. He was the force of personality that drew them all here. They know he is dead, they will leave. I think if we are able to show him, show them the head, as uh, Nestor removed from his body, I think that would possibly be enough to disperse them all. Aye, show him that. Who will be the messenger, though, Pembroke? Will it be a small folk, or will it be Farron herself, one of their own kind? That might be the most wise way of doing it. I don't think we need to engage them at all, actually. If we use the power of flight several of us have drop it right into their midst word will spread very quickly I think mm. yes this just might work you must understand as I'm sure you already know that these giants they don't work well with each other when they find out of Arathash's demise sure there'll be struggles for power there'll be some that try to stand up and take the reins, but they don't have the, the strength of Urathash. And they don't know about the power of the forge. I'm sure they'll come rushing in here. Some will try to take over, but the God-fearing among them will fear me at least. It will not take much to sow discord among them if you are bold in your decisions. <laughs> Within a week, they could disband if all goes well. But it is my understanding you don't have that kind of time. So I would suggest doing what the wizard suggests. Finding a way to let them know that Urathash is no more. I will do my best to hold down this cathedral 
But you must go and sneak out while it's still safe. Yes. We must take Omlo. We must take his body, Sheriff. We cannot leave it here. As an inquisitor of Torag, who, as my god, always suggests the wisest course of action in order to aid haste to our journey, I suggest that in the same manner as we dealt with his sister's body, we deal with his and cremate him, perhaps on the forge itself, so that we may carry him more easily. It would make a fitting sacrifice upon which to build our church. This place could be consecrated. His name forever remembered, his sacrifice remembered as a place, a foundation of this new temple of Iomade and Shalen and Torak. And Abadar. Our answer. And Steve. And Steve. (laughs) Do not forget Steve. Do not forget Steve. God of the Slag Giants. Della, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Farazza walks oh, over wow. to where the pool of blood where Della, where <laughs> Orothash pounded Della into the ground. Uh, and the scimitar is still there. Yes. And she picks it up. She says, This is druidic work. Your fetchling friend was not as lucky as Umlo to have a proper burial. But perhaps. We can wield this weapon in her honor, and that will be her remembrance. Yes. I think I think it would be a worthy remembrance if you were to carry on her blade in her name. And with that said, Baron invites Thyraza and Sir Will over to the forge in Pembroke and Lork. And he turns to Sir Will and Firaza because the bellows to this forge are like giant size. He asks them both to help wield it, mm-hmm. not just in preparation for Umlo's um, cremation, but before the cremation happens, he pulls out his double barrel pistol, which he made on the Chelish Devil, and. Um, he says, please begin. And do you begin pumping the bellows to... Yeah. And Baron opens up the bag of holding and pulls out his gunsmithing tools. And he puts down the double-barreled pistol on top of the forge, pulls out a tool you've never seen before, and he goes, Clang! And he pulls it away, dips it in water by the forge. And lifting it to the altar, and to all of you says, It's been too long that my pistol did not have a name. And today in her memory, I consecrate her Della. Now she has two barrels just as Della was of two worlds and of two minds. And as I myself journey down this Inquisitor path where I attempt to use the enemy's own power against them, 
I will use her name to remember never to go too far. And I will use it in prayerful hope that she will find her way in the afterlife. And then he holsters it. Nice. Nice. Pepper well comes done. up uh, behind him and like just pats him gently on the shoulders. Yes. Yes, very good. And then he takes out Dragon's Breath. Does the same thing, but with Umlo's name. He says, May Dragon's Breath be remembered in Umlo's name. Stout, strong, and ultimately disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. But not really. And ultimately misused by PCs. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I can't wait till the Della gun misfires and explodes and dies again. (laughs) Della, no! I reached into my bag, though, to pull out the first bottle cap of Book 4 for Grant. Hey! And it's a barren bottle cap. Nice job, buddy. Congratulations. And now it's lost forever. And now it's... (laughs) I got it. In my cat's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Whew! We should go... Does anybody want to resize anything on this forge? Oh, because, yeah. like, oh, yeah. there's some item creation stuff that we're not even 100% sure on. But you can always come back to the forge once the valley is clear, hopefully. Yeah, I, I would like to toss out resizing the plus two giant defiant splint mail for Sir Will. He's was gonna, that uh, large, though? Or was that used by the Nermothi? It doesn't matter. It wasn't small. That's right. right. <laughs> I think it was the Nermothi's Guard, yeah, the I think patrolmen that had that. Yeah, I think you're right. Where, where was? Where it was, was in the chapter in the, house in the bottom. The chapter house. Yeah, that's the where bottom of the tower. Yes, that's where, where bodies were all stacked. Oh. That's where Baron sat in the chair in the and throne. felt the presence of Remember? evil. There was all those like oh, busts, oh wow all the busts. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, Nestor stole house. some stuff there. I think too. I right? Think Didn't so. you show some stuff? He did. Like, yeah. He did. Yeah, you guys walked had, in. Uh, oh, that's real close to where we got the fleas, right? Is another. Yeah, you walked in, killed the two hill giants in their sleep right. got fleas walked right. in the next room killed Tharg three eyes oh, and then you Tharg. went to the next room and that's where Baron felt the presence of evil you right. found all those dead bodies piled up and all of their weapons yeah so yeah. you want to resize the plus two so what defiant. what happens with us cross armor I think we just hold on to it as uh, a, a, an item that must be returned to Galabras. I mean, that's how Sir Lork puts it in role-playing Sir Lork. terms. Sir, Lork. Sir Will puts it okay, to... He's knighting himself already. <laughs> <laughs> not even eighth level. Doesn't even have any feet. He's an OBE. Uh, he's not a full knight. <laughs> uh, no, Sir Will uh, will, in a role-playing sense, he will uh, tell Baron that he thinks it's, it's time for us cross armor to be you you know given back to to Galabras and I think it still technically belongs to him. Oh no no, he's no. not dead. So it's like yeah, yeah. I mean it always did but Baron gifted it to Sir Will for right. you know outside of I, never thought it was permanent but the yeah. Nargrim tomb yeah. Yeah but but just saying like he appreciates the gift that Baron bestowed upon him but he thinks that this might be uh better for what lies ahead with going to uh, Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Skarsgård. <laughs> and Baron says he couldn't think of a, 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 a better man who was as resolute in his faith as Galabras was to carry it for him uh, while he was unable to do so. I thank you for that, Sheriff. I, I know I've had my slips along the way, especially in this valley, but I am determined to never let that happen again. And the, all the events that un, have unfolded here have given me clear vision on what lies ahead. 
for all his evil that lies beneath. Brander, or Dr. Forsyth, he did indeed give us a gift of knowledge, and I for one will use it to bring the fight to these giants, find Della's body, and continue to track this evil until its end. Your faith in the goddess is matched by our faith in you, my friend. He pats him on his shoulder. Thank you. Um, any so other resizing? Yeah, any or other resizing, just uh, mechanics-wise. Yeah, I think that we're going to resize... I think we're going to resize Heartspit. Well, yeah, we'll resize Heartspit. We got it now. To medium, uh, just in case Lork could ever wield it. Because we can always resize it back, is what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's not like it's a permanent thing. We could always resize right. it back to huge if we ever got a hand. Yeah. If we ever found Nestor, got found Nestor's <laughs> body somewhere in a, in a brothel. Who's taking Agrimosh? Poisoned, dead. <laughs> Who's taking Agrimosh? I mean, Agrimosh is the one you have to strike it with, but is anyone taking Agrimosh? Got to put in the bag. I mean, put I, in the bag. Would we, would we entrust it to Farron, or no, we want to keep it with no, us? So, uh, no, we can't leave it here. We have to take it with us. This is the weird thing. is like, you guys hope... That somehow Farron can hold her own here, but there's a good chance she'll come back and Farron's dead. You just feel, if anything, she's given you the slightest amount of confidence that there's no one out there that will know the powers of this forge. I don't think certainly without the hammer. If she goes down to the forge heart and is protecting the forge or keep minding the forge, I think that the giants are going to be from a religious standpoint, just like Orthosh, like afraid to go down there and mess with her. Yeah. Um, Nestor saw and reported all back to you. Every night that chapel was full of people listening to his sermon. They're believers now. Yeah, the, yeah. But they've lost their leader. The faith was what was what held them together like as as an army. So uh, yeah, hopefully that's It'll be still, shattered, yeah. And you would need But but they're still like they they are still religious. And I think that maybe like if they know that whoever we are, whoever we we who that we killed Orthosh, and we also killed the dragon. Like we got to make sure that they know that too, that they might that might also play into, uh, you know, they're 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 intimidate them enough that if the that they wouldn't uh, try to take over. You also you know. can't lose sight of the fact that Minderhall's Valley, without the protection of an army, is a terrible place for even a giant to live. It's surrounded by drakes and these creatures with. Um, that are half deer, half stag, half you know all these awful creatures that well, could kill anymore. even giants. Well, well we killed most of them, killed but. them all. But it's also a holy place. Mm-hmm. Like this place was hidden for centuries, mm-hmm. and this is this is every, every, everywhere. You know, this is like the Temple of the Mount. So, for giants, I think, I think Sir Will wants to take Agrimosh as well. Um, and the idea, kind of being his inspiration, he's inspired by Baron's speech. And the the crossing over of you know naming these things after Della and Umlo, which is awesome, and being of two worlds and all that stuff. It all and doing this in the name of of uh, Torag, it all starts to kind of carry over. And Sir Will is like, Baron, I would like to as a symbol of our union that we've made here in the valley, and that we will continue on together in Torag and Iomade's name. If you believe it would be okay. If I put aside the sword and took up the hammer in Torag's name, along with Iomade, to represent that union, is that something that you think would be okay by Torag? Will, 
You're a halfling who fights like a giant on the battlefield. You're generous. Own story. <laughs> Don't ask this. Now you were having a moment, Sharp. <laughs> that was for Robert. Grant to be nice to me for a minute. Come on. Generous. This never happened. <laughs> Did the eagle just say something? <laughs> Sir Will, you're a, a small man who fights with the heart of a giant on the battlefield. <laughs> <It's> better. <laughs> More accurate. You're already a man of two worlds. I couldn't think of anyone better. Um, to hold on to Agrimosh uh, as we as we move forward, and nothing more fitting than another small folk uh, wielding a hammer to end these bastards. Yeah, I think I want to give it a shot. I, I think that as a, I think it's odd for a paladin of Iomade to not wield a, a longsword, but I think that story wise, where we are together, Baron and Sir Will, I think that he should he should try it. I think we should try it from for role playing purposes to like. Have a paladin of Ioma Day wielding a hammer in Torag's name, and have the the union of these gods against this evil. Yeah. Any other resizing? Uh, Baron has a boring, non-story driven change shirt plus two, which will Im- improve his AC. So there's no real story stuff to go with that. I'm assuming the plan is to get out through the t- t- dark passage, right? You're not going to go through the middle of the camps again, yeah. especially without with your low stealth. But if you're able to create this big hubbub before you do it, then it's going to provide enough of a distraction for you guys to probably get the hell out of there through the... Do you want to go through the Dark Passage? I mean, I mean that's really your only option. Yeah. yeah we'll go through the Dark Passage. We can u- utilize Pembroke's casting abilities where we need to, but... I mean, I, I honestly, I think Sir Will, if he's not fully armored and Lexington is not armored, he can be so quiet moving through that area and so small. I'm not concerned about it with that kind of distraction. Who wants to drop the head somewhere? Ferrazzo turns to Ferrazzo and says, how do dragons feel about pteranodons? Giants, you mean? Dragons. How do giants feel about... <laughs> It's quite a non sequitur. Ferraza wild shapes into a pteranodon. I will. Oh! <laughs> I'm afeard. Ah, uh, this is. Oh, I, you know what? I think um, Pembroke will cast fly on himself and join you. Yeah, we'll we each, take, we'll each take a head. We'll each take a head. Great. And, yeah. They, I can't imagine they would like that every time they saw. Jalvaraz, come down. They all stepped back. Only Orathash wasn't that afraid. This will work well, I believe. Be careful. Don't be seen. And then is your plan to come back and make haste out of the valley? Yep. Or just meet him on the other side. I guess we should escort you. It'd be good to stick together. Uh, I think we're fine. Yeah. Just move quick. May the light of all your gods help you in the journeys to come. I will hold this fort in Shalin and Iomade and Torag and Gorum and Abadar and Desna's name. Good luck. We'll return, Ferran. Thank you for your service. I only wish Amlo was here to join me. Don't we all? 
So I imagine like oh, how are we gonna get a lork out? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about lork. Um, Floating he could. <laughs> does he want to ride? Peraza as the, t- the Tyrannodon oh. right now. <laughs> oh, wow. That looked pretty cool. That would look pretty cool. Holding heart spit, resized heart spit yeah. over the air. That's like a the heavy metal poster or something. <laughs> Riding a dinosaur, holding a spear down into, yeah. So you guys, um, you have your ceremony for Umlo where you burn his body in the forge. Uh, Aram and, and the other uh, faith-based characters say their prayers over Umlo. Um, Baron really leading the ceremony, but the rest lending their parts. They, you collect his ashes in uh, some sort of receptacle, and then you make a plan between all of you, like, all right, uh, Pembroke and Faraz are going to go do this, and then we're coming back. We're put Lord, like, Baron's going to be dragging Lork, and, uh, you know, we're going to put him on his back, and we're going. We're going to the Dark Passage. But where are we going? Out of the valley. Oh, I had something to say, too, to the giants Like when we dropped the heads. Okay. So I imagine if we cut to the fighting pits, it's, I don't know what night it is anymore, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. They're all... Moon day night? Moon day. (laughs) They're all just like, there's a huge main event going on. "Ah, ah!" There's like two giants taking on some like uh, four-limbed abomination. And there maybe something they pulled from the valley that creeped up from the dark lands, or something they captured from far away and dragged to the pits. You hear people being like, "Hey, have I seen Cragmold lately? These, these pits have really gone to shit since Cragmold hasn't been around." Oh, I'm sure he'll come back. And they're just fighting, 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 fighting. And then all of a sudden, Firaza <laughs> and Pembroke come flying over. Is Pembroke invisible? Um, no. 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 So, come flying over. Faraza in <laughs> pterodon form. And what do you say, Pember? Uh, so the heads, like, whoo, plummet out of the sky, like, thump, thump, like, both drop, drop to the ground. The dragon and Urthos. Right in the middle of the pit. Yeah. And Pembra calls out, um, says, We have slain Urthos, and we have slain the dragon. The cathedral has been reconsecrated. Any who set foot within that hallowed place with impure purpose will be cursed by the gods for 10,000 years. <laughs> and then we fly up. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they all start. <laughs> you see one guy grabs Urthasha's head and holds it up so that everybody can see. There's a huge uproar. Fist fights start breaking out through camps and whatnot. I thought you were going to say, like, take a selfie. Take a selfie. (laughs) (laughs) Bury it at sea. Pandemonium breaks out as you guys swoop back to the cathedral, follow out your plan. The pterodon comes down. Baron Baron and Sir Will help put Lork on the back, and you guys make your way under all of this craziness because now the camps are starting to make their way to the fighting pits, but you're able to slink along the wall while they're all distracted and get to the dark passage. Ooh. Oh, baby! Sir Will on top of Lexington. Faraza, wild shapes, unarmored. Un- lightly armored. I mean, Faraza could be a, a horse for Lork, too. You could be a horse for Lork. You could be anything you want at this point. Uh, Lork is going to need a carrier, so. He's going to need a mount. Do yeah. you want to be a horse for the time being? Let's, let's get through the Dark Passage on foot, and then, cause, and then once we get in the Just open air. Over the rocks. That's insulting. 
Whoops. <laughs> 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 Don't on foot around the orc. On stub. Pembroke Baron. Guys, make your way through the dark passage. It's quiet. It's eerily quiet. Lork hasn't been here, right? No. No, he, has, he, he came I don't through think in so. a way. When he was captured, he yeah, was taken right, by the yeah, dragon no. to the roost. Faraza, maybe. Oh, she's been here. She's been through here as like a rat. Mm-hmm. A little field mouse. Vole. Pembroke hasn't. Mm. Pembroke was taken with Lork. Baron's been here a couple times now. Let me roll a perception check. 18 for Pembroke. Oh, natural 20 for Lork. Ooh. 21 for Will. That's a natural one. I'm for, sorry, for, for Faraza. <laughs> yeah, we are getting all over the place. Matthew, you're all over the map. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, one cup that's of... That's a 32 <laughs> for uh, Lork. That's a 32 for Baron. All right, Baron and Lork. Because it's such a high perception check, I didn't think anybody would hear it. Here's like up around the corner, like. <gasps> no, it's not Funk Far. Oh no, is he dying? Just this Nestor kill him. Very, very <gasps> subtle sound. Nestor killed Funk Far. We walk around. Yeah, Pembroke hustles quick. over. You walk around the corner, and sure enough, it is Funk Far. No. Lying in a massive, massive pool oh, of blood. God, Troy. But here's the thing: Fungfar wasn't just killed. His stomach was completely cut open, as if someone was trying to retrieve something inside of him. Huh? What does Nestor want? <laughs> Well, Nestor, what could it be, Sheriff? Nestor can survive on rocks now with that one item he took. That clutch. You can can Lork roll a survival sure. check to see if fresh human boot tracks have come through here? Sure. Fraza will join you. Fifteen. Uh, Twenty-two. Yeah, Lork, you're like, yeah, somebody's been through here, and then Fraza confirms it. Yeah, absolutely. And Toots of the cat, perhaps? A human... <laughs> A human, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Somebody's ba- been. And Baron, all you can think in your head, it's like, I didn't eat the special rocks. I didn't uh, eat them. I didn't eat the special rocks. Yeah. Well, maybe he did. <laughs> oh, and my now, God. They're Master. Gone. And he's just. Is he dead? Like, is he. Heel check? Uh, Sir Will will lay on hands if he's not dead. Yeah, you, you can lay on hands. It's it's over. These last, oh. the last moments. He fades out and dies. Unimaginable cruelty. (sighs) Faraza has to use two hands because it's basically when she closes his his eyelids. (laughs) That's that's an incredibly deft maneuver with horse hooves. I told you I wasn't wild (laughs) shipping yet. (laughs) Funfire's dead. Mm. Damn. All right. (sighs) But we know how he escaped. Yes, this greed is a poison. Let us move with all haste. You continue moving through the dark passage. Still unmanned. Whether it was Earth Ash's incompetence that he didn't restaff these areas, or his hubris that he thought, I'll be fine. Either way, you get through. You get all the way back to where you fought the Peritons. 
visions, Baron, of Humlo running to the cave to pray. Mm. Sir Will charging at these things. Nestor fearfully running away after the shadow mark ability hit. Continue on. You get to a part where you can only go north or south. You can see off in the distance to the south the slag giant village where Barry Connick Jr. was killed by Nestor. There's got to be a part of it that now wonders if he did it on purpose. Nothing you knew about him can be trusted anymore. You go north. You see that footpath that led off to where you fought the black-headed beast and Cragmalt, the leader of the fighting pits. You obviously don't take that footpath this time. You keep going up and you get to that you know, four-way stop where you fought the drunken Veds. You know the way out of here. You go north, back to where one of the most brutal fights in all of Minderhall's Valley took place, the Rift Drake mm. in the Etten. I can imagine, like, depending on the mood, Baron recounting the story to the people that weren't there, Sir Will recounting the story, like, oh, you should have seen me. Thought we were all dead. We thought Nestor was dead. Maybe we'd be better off if he did die there. Umlo certainly would be. <laughs> Della would be alive. Just actually, I think we would all be dead <laughs> if Nestor was not alive for his final fights. <laughs> you get back to where you fought the Lucratas. Remember the Lucratas? First encounter oh, yeah. in the valley. The ones that they uh, hold Umlo in with a vision of Ingrahil. Yeah. And then, after about ten hours of very careful travel through, you know, very dark memories for some of you, you exit Minderhall's Valley. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I imagine Baron has the map looking at this map that you found in what, what must have been Earthash's like boardroom or his quarters or something and you see that Skiergard is a good 150 miles south-southwest of where you are that's a 12 days on foot you know some of you have the uh, ability to travel faster but you guys want to stick together as a group you don't have that mass travel faster only one of you can turn into a horse Reginald's dead (laughs) god damn it (laughs) there are two settlements though between you and Skiergard there's Yanderhof to your west a little bit south where Umlo and Ingrahild were from. And then there's a little town called Skelt, which is kind of southeast of where you are. If you wanted to hit up as many settlements, because you guys haven't been to a settlement since Shitterman's Fortune. Oh, yeah, we need to get to a settlement yeah. immediately. So Any settlement. Yanderhof's the way to go. Yeah, for sure. And if, Lork, you're kind of peeking over the map you see that between Yanderhof and Skeld is Bloodsworn Vale. Oh. It is impossible 
to get from where you are to Skiergard without all of you going through the veil. So if you do go to Yanderhof and from there you move to Skelt or from there you just go straight to Skiergard, either way, you're going through the veil. Aram left with you, obviously. I didn't mention him. Um, he says his goodbyes to you guys. Because he's going to return to Shinneman's fortune. He's going to return to Shinneman's fortune and do Shinneman the best stuff. he can, do Shinneman's stuff to, to, to re-raise it. Do you remember back in Raz to the Occasion when Ymir, who we now know as Brander, offered to go fight with you guys? Aram said to him, No, brother, you must stay alive. I will go. Because if I don't survive, you can go back and bring Shinneman's fortune back to strength. We now know that's not an option. Aram luckily survived, and he'll do his best. You know, having adventured through this land, that anything could happen between here and Shinneman's fortune, but Baron especially, you feel somehow like this guy is touched by the gods and will make it back safely. And before he leaves, I say, Aram, yes, give me one moment. He turns to Sir Will, hands him back the Dragonfoe amulet, and said, Sir Will, I once gave you a brooch. May I have that brooch back, please? Of course, Chef. Whatever you command. And I take back the brooch that was given to me by the elder of Shinnerman's fortune. Kaya Straum, yes. I think, Aubrey's grandmother. Aubrey's grandmother, and says, Aram, I want you to take this back, and I want you to put it on that baby Aubrey. And I want you to tell her that everything that was done here was so that she would have a happy life. And I want her to do whatever she wants to be happy. And that's from Sheriff Baron Ashpeak of True Now. You let her know that. I will tell her as much. And if you need a preacher for the Cathedral of Minderhaw, who delights in many denominations... I know just the guy. (laughs) Good luck on your journey. I hope, I sincerely hope, that we meet again when Shinman's fortune is back to strength and all of you have saved the world. Thank you. Thank you, Aram. I've enjoyed our many conversations and time we've spent together. Aram puts his hand on Pembroke's shoulder. May your final journey be a beautiful one. Thank you. I I do hope to see you again before the end. And I you. And Aram Shinneman, having lost his father, his brother, and everything, walks off in the distance. Oh. You saved him. Yeah, I mean, saved yeah. his life. Yeah, and he kept Sir Will alive in that final fight. I mean, Sir Will went down. Yeah. So off you go in the direction of Yanderhof. Grant, has Baron ever been to a Sky Citadel? Uh, the Five Kings Mountains, I believe, are a Sky Citadel. Helm, uh, Helmhold, or what is it called? Heim- yeah, yeah. There, there's a Sky Citadel in the, in the vicinity of those mountains. Nonetheless, you've never been to Yanderhof. I never have. This is just a delight. It's the only brightness at the end of this terrible situation in Minderhall's Valley. This is a big deal. This is going to mean a lot to you. 
I mean, to, to go back to one of the classic, one of the few remaining Sky Citadels, I have to imagine it. It's got you amped amidst all this, uh, you know, mourning. Yeah, and Lorca's is very excited too because I mean he'll pull Baron aside and, and basically say like, oh, "I was in, I was in Yonderhof years ago with the Black Arrows. There was a man there, a dwarf, a priest. He was very powerful. He might be able to help me with my feet." It's in a place like that, I think, that you'd find the person you need mm. to take care of, to take care of this, so I can stop being a burden and I can start helping again. Yes, I hope so. Yanderhof is one of the great cities of the dwarven, dwarven people. I, anything that we, I'm sure they'll provide any any number of services that will be useful. Has Pembroke ever been to a sky no. citadel? No, no, this I don't think is he has, like. No. He went out in search of the Whispering Tyrant's grave, and now he's going to one of the last remaining Sky Citadels. Yeah, he's this a pretty is... pump, too. And Baron turns to Lork and says, Lork, did you know that the uh, hops I used in Jason's Ale were imported from Yanderhof? No, I didn't. I think that's a sign, my friend. Oh, I think it is, too. Let's he get smiles on our... for the first time in a long time. Just let's get on our way. Yeah. Faraza, what's what are you feeling about this? Faraza feels a powerful need to eat grass because she's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Strong words. I was just gonna say Faraza <laughs> thinks Lord could lose a few pounds. He hasn't been active enough lately. <laughs> <laughs> and Sir Will, uh, you know, dwarves, you know, kind of on the same level. You have a good relationship with dwarves, with Baron for sure. What is your? What are you hoping to get out of this? Uh, to be honest, Sir Will is. We have to acknowledge the fact that he is a noble, and he has been on the road so long that I think that privately he's kind of very excited to just be in a city again and be like around some civilization and be able to sleep in a comfortable bed and have a warm bath. Yeah, bath. And none of us have bathed yeah, in and weeks. Eat, and eat some fine food and uh gen and, and he also kind of for for his part, he's trying not to be too prideful, but he feels like kind of like a hero right now. You know what I mean? In his own little knightly way. Like mm-hmm. he went, he did this mission. Yes, there were losses. I think he also feels like He's realizing the dark, dark underbelly of being a hero and what the kind of loss you feel and go through. Mm. And he, he underst- he's starting to understand how naive he was when he began, but it has not deterred him at all in his ultimate mission, his ultimate objective. He understands that the sacrifices that these people made is something that he is going to live to continue to fight. But by that same token, he's going to take a little comfort here, I think, and he's going to buy some new uh, quills and parchment, and he's going to write home immediately and tell them he's alive and ask on Benric and tell them to write to either Yanderhof or maybe he'll tell them to write to Skeld if it's Skelt, a yeah. large enough settlement that Skelt, Skelt yeah. it's a large enough settlement that it'll have a, a post of some kind. And Lork knows. Lork's been to Skelt. It's a large city. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's going to write home and try to get word from Highbury. For three days, you guys travel, camping along the way, heading 
in the distance of the Anderhof. It, it takes a little bit longer because you can't just like go up the mountain and over. You've got to find these like passes through the mountains to get there. And then in the middle of the next day, you're cresting another one of these hills. The elevation has been changing rapidly as you make your way through. And up in the distance, I can imagine all of you can hear Baron's breath get like caught in his throat at the sight. Because just over the hill that you're cresting, you see the trademark massive iron curtain walls. Marvels of architecture in and of themselves. Serving as a proud reminder of what dwarven engineering and architecture can be at the highest quality. Up in the distance, you see that you have arrived at one of the few remaining sky citadels left in Galarian. The city of Yanderhof. There's no gate to get in. There's no windows open. There are only tunnels. For most of the city is underground. Whoa! Mm. You see in the distance tunnels guarded by armed dwarves in beautiful, resplendent armor. A tenth level inquisitor gunslinger, a tenth level cavalier paladin, an eighth level wizard, an eighth level druid, and a seventh level ranger make their way to the city of Yanderhof, hoping to save the world. And we'll see you next week. That's going to be cool. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> the hobbits are going to The Glass Cannon Podcast is a powerhouse and Tate production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.